You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bill on Twitter. Bradley Sal is out on assignment today. Stepping in for him is Nick Suss of the Jackson Clarion Ledger. And two guests today on Talk of Champions, Otis Reese, Ole Miss football safety, and Ole Miss defensive line transfer from Auburn, J.J. Pegues. Nick, what's up, man? Not, not too much, Ben. Thanks for having me back. How are things going? Hadn't talked to you in a while. Yeah, things are normal. You know, that time of year where things are happening and you still really don't get to do anything about it. So that's fun. Yesterday I auditioned for a game show. Wait, what? (laughs) My fiance signed me up to audition for a game show and they texted me out of nowhere in the middle of signing day. Oh, Hey, you want to audition? I was like, give me an hour. And then I uh, did a phone interview. So that's the normal thing in my life. So you can't tell people what the game show is. I guess I could. I just don't know if people are that interested. Would it help? or hurt your chances of getting on this game show if you told us? Because if it would hurt, don't say that. Anything. I have no idea. I, I think the thing that hurt was that I didn't know all of the correct answers. No, that helps. I knew a My lot My dad of the one time answers. tried out for Wheel of Fortune, and he didn't get on it because he did so well. They want people that don't do great. But one of the trivia questions they asked me that I think was supposed to be a one that nobody got right happened to be about what is the airport in Jackson, Mississippi. So luckily – Working for the Clarion Ledger got me one question right. I don't think I could get that question right. I think I would miss yeah, that. Yeah, it's named after Medgar Evers. Oh, I knew that. Living the yeah. state my entire life. Of course I knew that. What an idiot. So what did you think about yesterday? Obviously, it was quiet for Ole Miss, but there was some news from Jimbo Fisher who just went off in a press conference. He, just, he did not like it. He did not like the suggestion that Texas A&M paid an inordinate amount of money in NIL deals to get that number one overall class ever. And that's what they've got, the best class ever, according to star rankings. Got a little defensive. Yeah, which, like, my point, and I'm sure other people have made this point, is, like, even if it's not true, which we can guess whatever we want about how much money they paid, even if you paid zero dollars, you should want people to think it's true. Like, you should be out here saying, hell yeah, we paid all these players, and you can be next. So the recruits still think that you can go there to get paid. Like, I know that it's not going to take too much maneuvering to be like, oh, kids, I was just putting on a face. Here's $10 million. But still, it, the public persona of, oh, our coaches work really hard versus the persona of, yeah, we're paying people more than anybody else. That one benefits you a lot more than, oh, respect our staff for working so hard. So like from the defensiveness perspective, it's a weird hill to die on. But I'd say the main thing is I wouldn't be the first coach who uh, reacted or overreacted to a jab from Lane Kiffin. And uh, it's always funny when it happens because I think that was the intention but these are two coaches who know how to get attention and both of them got attention from it. So good for them. You could tell that Lane, when he sat down on Tuesday, cause almost didn't do anything on Wednesday. It was a quiet day. I mean, Malik Keith, Mississippi state transfer, he committed to Ole Miss, but that had nothing to do with signing day. So Ole Miss was quiet because of the plan with um, signing 17 kids in December and then 11, now 12 transfers from Malik Keith. But you could tell when he sat down and did his press conference for signing day a day early, that he had some things to say. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he knew he was going to lob that at Jimbo. And for Jimbo to get so defensive, you just played right into the hands of what Lane Kiffin wanted. Because Lane Kiffin said what you want about anything else. Lane Kiffin is a master marketer, and he knows how to manipulate social media. No, he absolutely is. And it, it was funny. I was thinking about it the whole time of, yeah, Lane comes out, and he's not this, hyperactive gonna take stabs at people guy in press conferences, unless there's something he can gain from it. Like you and I have been on enough press conferences with him to know he can be pretty by the numbers, unless somebody says the word transfer portal, Mm -hmm. in which case he can rant for 10, 15 minutes at a time about all of the things that need to change. And what Jimbo said 
is accurate. What he said of it seems the guy who's benefiting the most from it is here running his mouth the most. That's true, but it's also true that Lane kind of benefited the most from the portal in spite of itself this year. Ole Miss is not as well positioned to win in the portal as most people. Lane and the staff was just the most welcoming to it, was the most open to using it uh, of all these SEC teams. As more teams start to see how successful you can be by stealing from the portal, it's going to turn into a battle of money MLB style. And I think if and fears being left behind, but yeah, I, I mean, he had a reason for saying what he said and whether it was communication to his own boosters or communication to the powers that be, he was trying to get somebody to hear him. He protested too much. It doesn't make any sense. It's okay to be the team that pays all this money in NIL deals to sign prospects. And what he said about Lane was true. And that's kind of the reason why Lane lobbed that at Jimbo, because he kept himself in the conversation. You had this school that signed the number one overall class ever, and he spent a significant portion of his press conference defensive and not so subtly referencing Lane Kiffin. So who won that, Lane Kiffin? Yeah. No, you're right. And we'll see how it ends up working out, because I don't know at this point whether it's better to have – seven five stars who are 18 years old or a bunch of former four stars who are 20 and 21. I don't know what's a better plan for winning now. It's a win now league. And obviously Jimbo and Kiffin both have experienced a lot of success these last couple of years, but in a league where your AD can turn on you real quick, your fan support can turn on you real quick. Is it a better model to build with a bunch of 18 year olds who are going to be absolutely unstoppable in two years? Or is it better to, build with a bunch of players who you think can help you now. I think that's the big question that college football is going to have to confront itself with. Well, the problem with that, that number one class, it's not going to stay together for all three, four years. It's not going to. So if a five-star of the three five-stars they signed on the defensive line, if one of them isn't playing, he's going to transfer next year. He's got a penalty-free transfer. He's going to go. Yeah. So we're talking all about this number one class for Jimbo there is no guarantee whatsoever that it's going to stay together. And I think what's really been good about Lane in the transfer portal, he adopted it so early and he saw kind of what was coming. So now he knows how to use it to his advantage and also use it to his advantage as it pertains to being old Miss head coach. Because you can argue about what's the best long-term plan, the Jimbo way with signing all these top high school kids, or the Lane Kiffin plan, which was signing 17, a smaller class in December, completely punting on February and attacking the transfer portal. And it'd be hard to argue against Lane Kiffin, considering Ole Miss had never before won 10 games in regular season until last year, leading so heavily on the portal with Chance Campbell and Mark Robinson and Jake Springer and on and on and on. And this transfer class is like his crowning achievement because it's not just Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. It's Zach Evans and Aishim Young Mason Brooks, Troy Brown. I mean, all of these guys at particular areas of real need for Ole Miss that are instant impact guys, all of them can't transfer again. So they're here. They're at Ole Miss. If they want to transfer again, they'll have to sit out. They got to graduate. They got to graduate. or they got, Yeah. Instead, they're here for multiple years. The only one-year grad transfer so far, I think, and I could be wrong on this. I'd have to go back and look. But we're just kind of spitballing off the top of our heads here. Malik Keith is the only one-year grad transfer. The rest of them are here for multiple years. Is Troy Brown not a one-year guy? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I think he is. Yeah, yeah. But Jackson Dart is a multiple-year guy. And everybody's all worked up about Arch Manning. Well, you just got Jackson Dart for multiple years. So it kind of softens the blow if you don't get him. I'm not saying they're not going to get him. I don't, I don't know. I think it's Georgia, Ole Miss, Alabama, a little bit of Texas. But assuming they don't get ours, let's just play that out. You've got Jackson Dart for multiple years. Multiple years. So I don't know what the yeah. best long-term plan is, but the one difference here that you have to consider is that number one class is not going to stay together because those kids that get disenchanted with all the hoopla around being the number one class ever – and then hit reality of going into camp and going through practices, and one of them isn't playing, he's going to transfer out. Meanwhile, Lane Kiffin's going to still have Jackson Dart, still have Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country coming out of high school in 2020. It's whatever you think is best, I guess, but I I think right now that Lane Kiffin was an early adopter of the portal, at least with where it is now before there's regulation on it, which is going to come. 
he's played it as well, if not better than anybody else. Yeah, and what this is going to end up being a referendum on is the value of air quotes heavily used here, culture, because I think that anybody who's not using the portal, and I think Dabo Swinney is probably the most prominent example of this, but you can go down the line and find a lot of old school coaches who aren't using the portal very heavily. It's always the proponent of we are going to get guys who fit what we do and we're going to train them how to be players in our culture. And that's valuable, but we're going to start to see just how valuable that is. Cause I think uh, Ole Miss is at the vanguard of it. And obviously Michigan state was really, really at the vanguard of it last year. Does it matter to have guys who know what your program is about, or does it matter to have the best players you can have? And now we can actually see that in motion because I'm not going to sit here and say overnight Ole Miss is as good as Alabama or Georgia because those two programs have five years worth of top three recruiting classes under their belt and their rosters are just absolutely loaded. You're you're not going to fix that with 11 transfers. But the rest of the SEC, the Texas A&Ms of the world and the LSUs and and some of the other teams uh, near the top of the conference – that's what you're starting to contend against. Is it better to build with four solid recruiting classes or to just plug your holes at the top of every year with nine or 10 new players and see if those nine or 10 new players can, you know, replace what you need to replace. I think that's the fun battle that's going on with recruiting. Going to get right back to Nick Suss in this edition of Talk of Champions with J.J. Pegues and Otis Reese coming up on the Modern Woman phone line after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. A new year is here. It's 2022, not to mention that spring is around the corner in Oxford, Mississippi. What comes with it? The return of Ole Miss football, Ole Miss baseball. It's a special time of year in Oxford. You want to be there, right? You want to be in Swayze Field. You want to be back in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Well, the only way you can do that is if you're healthy, that you have a pharmacy you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. It was just funny to hear him so defensive because I think back in December, he said on the Fine Bomb Show, that quote, NIL deals have been happening forever. They just used to be illegal. You just admitted that you did that stuff. Why is it bad to admit that you're the best school at that? It's okay to be the best school at that. It's all above board. It's just a weird thing to get defensive about. He also admitted that he's not the one handling it. He's like, well, I don't know what what's going on. I'm not in charge of that. Well, you can't both with certainty say it mm, doesn't exist. That's and right. Also with certainty say... Well, you don't know what's happening. Yeah, and then say, um, I know what's happened at Ole Miss and what's happened at Alabama. Y'all don't want to talk about that. The hypocrisy. Well, it can only be hypocrisy if you're doing it too and getting caught out on it. There's a lot of doublespeak from Jimbo, and uh, it's kind of the perfect Jimbo press conference because Jimbo does not do well defending himself. It's a weird hill to die on because the culture of college football has completely changed because I think you made the most salient point to start this thing you want to be that school. You got all this attention, and if you'd have leaned into it and said, yeah, we see what the landscape of college football is now, we're doing this. Like, no one's going to Texas A&M, Jimbo, for the 12th man. We got the best stadium. Have you looked at that stadium? How packed it is on Saturday? No, no, no kids going for that. Every kid that's come on campus for Ole Miss transfer-wise has first talked about NIL deals. The reason why Ole Miss could not really get into the recruitment of Jermaine Burton is because Jermaine Burton – when he got presented what Ole Miss could offer him with NIL, it didn't even come close to Alabama. That's just part of it now, and we can talk about it openly. So for him to take that stance on Wednesday, it's like he wanted all the credit. I think that's where this really stems from. It's just more Jimbo felt like he wasn't getting his due for signing such a good class. 
but you're kind of not owed anything because really the money came from the NIL stuff, unless you can prove otherwise, and he can't because he won't because that's where it came from. If I was in charge of Lane's Twitter account this week, what I would do is I would uh, make an edit of the tweet that was going around of Bill Belichick accidentally texting Brian Flores and make it Nick Saban texting Lane, congrats on the number one recruiting class, and Lane slowly realizes Saban is talking to Jimbo instead. I think that would that would make me laugh quite a bit. You want to hear a conspiracy theory? Oh, I read this on Twitter. Of course I did. Um, that Bill Belichick intentionally messed that up and got that leaked as a final FU to the NFL and payback for Deflategate. Yeah, no, I've like that. One. I've read every conspiracy theory possible about this one, and the one that is the hardest to believe is just, oh, Bill Belichick's a bumbling fool. Yeah, I don't no. buy that one. Mm-mm. That's the most completely against script with him. There's no way he doesn't make that mistake. He doesn't make that I mean, mistake. It's easy if you like voice to text text Brian, <laughs> but other than that, they they have different names. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't Siri say Brian Davall? Brian Flores, it, it asks you or gives you options for the Brian's. You've got multiple Brian's in your phone. So he knew exactly what he was doing. Come on. And Lane Kiffin knew exactly what he was doing when he sat down on Tuesday and he took that shot at Jimbo. And it's like he knew. You, we all got that friend in our friend group. They take things a little too seriously. And you love him to death. You'll do anything for him. But you need him because he doesn't take things well. And if you respond to things poorly, that just eggs them on to do it even more. It's the same thing with Lane Kiffin. He's in the friend group of the SEC coaches, and he knows if he just throws a little bit of a jab that Jimbo is going to respond like that. And Jimbo didn't let him down. And it made for great entertainment, but you made the story way bigger than it needed to be all because of how you responded to it, Jimbo. I mean, that's... I just didn't get why you had to get so defensive about it. It's okay to be the best school at NIL. He was all up in his feelings about nothing. You're getting defensive about nothing just because what you want your credit yourself, you and your staff wanted credit for that. I mean, I'd be embarrassed today if I was a Texas a and fan because that was not a good look. It's, it's okay to not take this stuff so seriously. And I think that's why Lane Kiffin is the perfect fit at Ole Miss and why it's kind of worked the way it has, not just with the success of uh, getting kids and the fan base buying in, to get out of this coaching cycle and for him to not get a job and to get out of this NFL coaching cycle and not get a job, all these trolling ways and not taking things super seriously and leaning into being kind of the class clown, that kind of fits yeah, Ole Miss perfect. Word. Yeah, class clown. Yeah, he called him a clown. What the hell? He called him a clown. That was a little over the top. Come on. I just appreciate that Lane's jab at Jimbo was like nine minutes into a 17-minute press conference. Yeah. It's like he, he wasn't coming out at the top. No, he was just kind of talking and talking, and then it ended a quote with a throwaway joke. And as somebody who makes too many jokes for his own good, I appreciated that. It's pretty impressive how Lane just didn't think to bring up baseball. Like you would have thought his first instinct would have been, "Oh, it's a league without a salary cap. Let's talk about baseball." But he's just like, "Imagine if the NFL didn't have a salary cap. How weird would that be?" <laughs> like that exists, man. It's what There's it a is. sports league with that. <laughs> it's called Major League Baseball. They're collectively bargaining yeah. right now to hopefully get a season in. Well, Michael Martin, he's an Ole Miss fan, um, at M Martin CPA. Jimbo at A&M, 2018, zero five stars. 2019, two five stars. 2020, oh, yeah, two five stars. 2021, one five star. NIL is introduced. 2022, seven five stars in the highest rated class of all time. And this is for a program, good as it is, Hire Jimbo to take that step to compete with Alabama on a year-to-year basis. Take that step to be Georgia with Kirby Smart. Take that kind of step. They haven't done that. So when you look at the numbers, any objective person would look at those numbers and say to themselves, yeah, NIL benefited them. It's okay that it benefited them. That's fine. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. If if you're doing the thing better than anybody else, brag about it. It's the same reason Bragged that Lane that. put out that really silly uh, Portal King graphic. Like, just point out when you're good at stuff. There's there's no reason to be bashful about being good at stuff. And what's lost in this whole cycle is 
Jimbo did do a really, really good job. He did. And him and his staff could have gotten a whole lot of credit for coming out and saying, yeah, we were innovative. We were at the vanguard of figuring out ways to rally money and do all this stuff. And I know you can't come out and say that. You can't say that. NCAA rules. But, but they're all doing it. Kind of wink to the camera and say, yeah, we understand the landscape and we benefited from it have a sense of humor about it. And you're going to be front page of every college football publication, just saying, Oh, look at how great this is. This is the greatest recruiting class ever. Instead of people saying, why are you so defensive? Why are you all, why instead are you seeing headlines? I'm pissed off clowns, hypocrisy. Come on. No, just come out and say, we got seven, five stars. That's we just kicked your ass. Lot. That's a lot. That's 35 stars. It's the best statistical recruiting class ever. We kicked ass. That's all you say. Deshaun Ruffin, to completely switch gears here, and there's no way to transition to this, he is out for the season. I will fully admit because of everything that happened in October, moving on three, now taking over recruiting and big stories, I haven't spent a lot of time not covering Ole Miss basketball at all. That's Jake Thompson for us. But I haven't really watched a lot of games. But I will say, with how much of a roller coaster this year has been, because the talent has been there, you've seen it in flashes, but all, coming together every single week and being a consistent winner just hasn't happened. The one thing that you tuned in for every single night, especially lately, was Deshaun Ruffin. This is a huge loss for them. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing you say is you really, really feel for Deshaun. You really do. Because he was he was figuring things out. And nobody wants to lose their freshman season, but especially not somebody who, I mean, over the last four games was averaging 17 points a game and was the reigning SEC freshman of the week and was starting to establish himself as one of the premier guards in the league. You hate it for him. But big picture, the thing that you have to say is until Jarkel Joyner returns, which maybe two weeks from now, maybe a month from now, maybe not this season, we still have no idea what that timetable is going to be because it's a haul on how he feels. Until he gets back, this team's going to be seven deep. I mean, this is this is going to be a real, real test of stamina. I mean, they didn't make a substitution in the last four and a half minutes of that LSU game. Oh, man. And they might not be able to do that because Austin Crowley fouled out. The only players they had left were Matthew Morrell, Ty Fagan, Luis Rodriguez, Jamin Brakefield, and Nysir Brooks. You have Eric Vanderheiden, who they're using a little bit more now, and Sammy Hunter, who theoretically can get back into the rotation. With Sammy a Hunter of has to do it. He has to do it. Yeah. Sammy Hunter has to do something. But he hasn't played in – I don't think he's played in three games at this point. So right. when you're when you're looking at he's the eighth guy, you got to use him in some way. you got to figure out a way to maybe get a James White or a Grant Slatten involved. I mean, there are players to turn to, but – I thought it was pretty revealing when I asked Kermit about this after the LSU game. And he said, Ty Fagan came to me with 15 minutes to go and said his knee was hurting. And I said, you got to play through it. And I mean, that's not tyrannical coach making an injured player play, but it's also just kind of realistic of this team isn't able to afford guys taking breathers right now. If they want to keep competing, which they're hitting the quote unquote easier part of the schedule as that little crest for two weeks happens where they have some winnable games, they got to pile them up. Even if they don't have Jarkel Joyner, Robert Allen and Deshaun Ruffin. Just think for a minute, the last calendar year for all Ole Miss major sports, the injuries that Ole Miss has suffered. This is unheard of. And it can only happen to Ole Miss. This probably happened everywhere else too, but it just feels like we are Ole Miss, right? A little bit. A little bit. Tim Elko, Matt Corral, and Deshaun Ruffin just for starters. We haven't even gotten into Jonathan Mingo and Braylon Sanders. Robert Allen out for the year. And Robert Allen is a Deshaun Ruffin. Gunner Hoagland. Gunner, duh. Gunner Hoagland. This has been wild. And it's happened to, the injuries have happened to a handful of players to where if you looked at their sport, their team, and you had to pick out which players can Ole Miss completely ill afford to lose. Every sport, Tim Elko would have been in the top three. Matt Crow, of course. Gunnar Hoagland, of course. Deshaun Ruffin now, of course. That just doesn't happen. 
And yet Ole Miss has gone through this. And it's like as good as things can be, 10-3, and three, right before the Sugar Bowl and they lost, as good as things can be, it's like we are Ole Miss is always there to remind you those guys are going to sneak up and get you. Yeah, it's it's been this weird situation where you can argue it was the best calendar year in Ole Miss athletics history. And you could also argue, no, man, it should no, have been so much better. No, no. There was one you year could. or two that Ole Miss went to the tournament, went to Omaha, and then went to a bowl game. So back in 2014, went to the Peach Bowl. That was a good year, too. Yeah. Went to the Peach Bowl, went you to the tournament, under- went to Omaha. I guess I'm probably uh, no. They didn't go. To, they didn't go overvaluing. To the, they didn't go to the Did they go to the tournament? I, I'm overvaluing uh, a national championship. They won first ever team national yeah. championship. Probably helps a little bit there, but between the really successful football season, women's basketball team going to the NIT championship. Yeah, um, Ole Miss didn't go to the NCAA tournament until regional. the next year. So there is a year yeah. where they went tournament postseason with baseball, maybe a super, and then to a bowl. That would probably be the best, but. If you're, if you're talking about football being king and then everything that football does gives you added points or bonuses, then this year would have to be one of the best, if not the best, because yeah. they did something they had never done before. But then on top of that, you think, oh, there are at least three things that probably should have been even better, including football. That that weird, fluky Auburn game where you have a quarterback playing on zero legs goes the other way. Who knows what we're talking about with this team? But uh, there will be times for what ifs years and years and years down the line but for now all any of us can say is Ole Miss happens to be the team that all of us watch the most whether (laughs) it's from a coverage perspective or from a fan perspective and so it is the team that them that all of us know the most about and I'm sure there's a team somewhere in the midwest that's equally snake bitten but we're not over here paying attention to oh man it's been a rough year for Northwestern athletics. It's been crazy for Utah state. Who would have ever seen this coming? Man, Cal state Bakersfield had a rough year. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I will admit my ignorance on that. But Javarius Johnson, speaking of Auburn, he got into the portal yesterday, actually filed his paperwork. I was told on Monday and he was Auburn's best returning wide receiver. It's a mess over there. And Ole Miss, as quickly emerged as a favorite landing spot potentially for Javarius Johnson, almost Adam Lee Keith added Jordan Watkins still pursuing Deion Smith, but he's got to get his coursework in order this semester at LSU to potentially transfer to Ole Miss in June. But Auburn is just an absolute mess right now. I mean, I think it's the first time, well, not the first time, but this is what you get with a program that there's so many competing factors for control. And finally it's spilling out into this mess. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because there's a lot of players there who probably deserved better than what Auburn's administration gave them. And I'm always going to take the player's side on this, so I'm glad they have the chance to transfer while they can. But, yeah, it, it's been weird watching all that spill over, and it's bound to happen because there is no world where the SEC West can sustain five or six top-tier programs. There has to be somebody who kind of sputters and I wouldn't have put my money on Auburn with all the money they have, but it seems like for the next year or two, Auburn is going to be stuck a gear or two behind the, the class of the West. And I mean, for their sake, it's a good thing that they got a real, real good chance at winning the national championship in another major sport right now. It's February 3rd, 2022. Now that there's a little bit of a pause and just for, a little bit. It's temporary. But now that there's a little bit of a pause on recruiting, you'll see another big wave after the spring. If you had to rank the SEC West as far as who you think the true contenders are for next year right now, where would Ole Miss fall? Either third or fourth. I, like, you could go as Who's high second? as second. But that's, that's the thing. is I think right now, just on brand consistency, I might put LSU there. LSU's also had a really good portal class, but really I have good. no idea what that team's going to look like um, because completely new staff. I think LSU, A&M, and Ole Miss are probably in a gaggle right there, and I don't want to diminish Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to be a pretty good team next year, but I really don't know. It's it's such a tricky position to be in because 
none of these teams seem to know what they have with the exception of Alabama, which knows that they might have one of the best teams they've ever had. But I think right now, gun to my head, I'd put him third. See, I would put him second just because I'm not a big fan of Brian Kelly. <laughs> and fair. I thought it was so Completely funny. Fair. The viral video of him, da- he's got to stop doing this. But the viral video of him dancing um, with that recruit that was on campus that was committed to Alabama, the, the kids stuck with Alabama. So now you've got an 8 million viewed video. Maybe it works for you, but I don't feel, I feel like the whole expression, no press is bad press, doesn't really apply here. And if you told me that the kid was like, when that came out, I was just absolutely embarrassed. I couldn't go with that because all it would be was questions for years about me and Brian Kelly on recruit. I would believe it. I would believe it. I would believe that that kid factored in that embarrassing video. So I'm not a big Brian Kelly believer. I just think it's a really awkward fit. A really awkward fit. Where Lane Kiffin is the perfect fit for Ole Miss. Brian Kelly is, is objectively a great coach. But at LSU, it's a weird fit. It's a weird fit that's probably going to end with the national championship at some point. And that's oh, okay. just really unfortunate <laughs> if you're if you're anti-LSU. Because, like, I get it. It's it's an awkward fit, and Brian Kelly's first two months there have been uh, a lot of weird, awkward headlines about dancing and fake accents. It's been a lot. But this is also a guy who has been at the precipice of winning, I think, four national championships at Notre Dame and couldn't quite get there because he didn't have the talent. Give him SEC talent. I think this guy's probably going to get one, which is the bare minimum at LSU. Their last three head coaches have won one national championship. I think that history does support the idea that it's not too hard to win championships at LSU. And Brian Kelly's probably the best coach they've had since Saban, just from track record. So, yeah, uh, it's a really, really awkward fit that's probably going to work really well. Who starts at quarterback next year for Ole Miss? For Ole Miss? I'm taking Jackson Dart right now. It's a, it's a sunk cost fallacy at this point. There's no sense in starting him if he's not the better guy. You have both of these guys on campus. If Altmaier's better, let Altmaier be the guy. But I would think right now, just based off of the experience Dart has, not just playing compared to Altmaier, but also schematically with John David Baker and kind of the way that they know each other, uh, he probably has head start. But we'll we'll see in the spring if if Altmaier has the ability to take that step forward because there were flashes this year that showed dude's a gamer. You don't sign Jackson Dart for him not to be the favorite to start. Yeah, and I'm not guaranteeing it, but no, you, no, you bring him in to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Is Lane Kiffin locked in after this last recruiting cycle to Ole Miss for the next two to four years? Maybe. <laughs> I'm never going to make guarantees about Lane, but I do think that the – number of high profile jobs that came open this year does just functionally limit the number of high profile jobs that will come open in the next two to four years. The math is the math. So so assuming that those coaches either work out or the programs choose to stick with those coaches for a little bit, there aren't going to be too, too many opportunities for Lane to go elsewhere, but never diminish an opportunist's ability to take good opportunities and I don't think anyone would begrudge Lane if there was a dream opportunity well a lot of people would I'm not going to pretend that no one would begrudge him but I will say that he's more likely to stay here than he is to leave but there's always a chance that the coach can leave in college football Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley left this offseason that's more than fair he's Nick Suss from the Jackson Clarion Ledger covers Ole Miss at Nick Suss on Twitter thanks for filling in man I appreciate you yeah, always happy to help, buddy. That was Nick Suss of the Jackson Clarion Ledger. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of on3.com. Let's go to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to both Ole Miss defensive tackle J.J. Pegues and Ole Miss safety Otis Reese. Pegues up first after we hear briefly from BNA Bank and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. 
BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to J.J. Pegues, the newest Ole Miss Rebel delayed because he played at Oxford, went to Auburn, but he's back home. Hey, buddy, what's up? What's up? How you doing? How does it feel to be back home? And it feels great, man. It's like a dream come true. Like a like a little kid's dream, man. You know, leave for a little bit and come back and play for the hometown. When did you know it was time to come home? When did it come up to you that you need to get back to Ole Miss? As soon as our, our bowl game was over with for Auburn, I just I got um back home for a little bit and I just felt like this was just the place to be. Like I was loved here and like the community was always behind me and I just felt like it was just the right time. Like God just put it on my heart and then and just told me that I should just come back home and you know, play again and sip. So once you got into the portal and almost started talking to you and stuff like that. What did they say to you as far as how they'll utilize you, how you can help, and that kind of stuff, position and everything? Uh, they was like, um, they really needed a um, big piece on the D-line. And um, for me, playing six months at D-line and the way I can move and my athleticism from offense and switching over to defense, they were just saying how I can. they can do so much with me and put me on the offensive side and defensive side, put me outside, inside. And it, like, opens up the defense, and it opens up for them to do whatever they want to do and be comfortable with doing it. Now, defensive line is something you started doing at Auburn, kind of grew out a little bit of tight end. You've always been a freak athletically and always been a big guy too, man. So how have you taken to defensive line? Has it started to feel more natural to you? I would say so. I know at the uh, beginning it was kind of difficult and frustrating for me, but um, the coaches – the coach at um, my D line coach at Auburn did a great job with just talking to me and just taking me step by step. And as the season progressed, I um, got better at it and understood the things that I needed to do. And I feel like D line now is getting a little um, make I won't say easier, but it's making more sense to me. Did you always know that you would move eventually positions that you wouldn't play tight end, or did you always have your heart set on tight end and hope that that, that that's where you would stick? I had a feeling my senior year going into um, like my decision that I would probably move to D-line, but I just didn't know when. And I always wanted to be on um, offense just to make plays because I know how – I know what I can do on that side, and I really didn't know what to expect on the defensive side. But I had a gut feeling like inside of me that I would probably move. All right, what's more fun, catching a touchdown pass or sacking a quarterback? Oh, that's, 
That's tough. That's, that's good, yeah, that's a tough one right there. I'm a, I'm gonna say, I mean, I'm gonna say catching a touchdown. I mean, that's as every big person, you know, yes. dream is to uh, catch a touchdown. So when you do that, it's just like, man, like I mean, and the way I, and, and it's always about the way you, how you got to the touchdown too, like catching on somebody or a deep pass or anything like that. But the sacks, they fun, too. You get to get to lay on the quarterback and, you know, celebrate. So, But I'm going to go with catching the touchdown, though. Is there still a chance that you could catch a touchdown or two at Ole Miss? Oh, yeah. There, there's a great chance I could okay. catch a touchdown. There you go. Jarkel Joyner's playing basketball. Now J.J. Pegues, Oxford Charger, playing football. Let's go back to high school. When you made that decision, how tough was it for you? Did Auburn just win out because they were in it the whole time and there was a staff change at Ole Miss? Like, what happened that led you to go to Auburn over Ole Miss and other schools? Because everybody wanted you. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, that's exactly what happened, really, when um, Matt Luke got um, fired. He I, um, really just didn't know who was going to step in to be the coach and really just didn't want to go into like a new coaching staff or a new environment. So, and I know Malzahn was preaching about the wildcat and how he wanted me to do that. And he was going to stick me a tight end and keep me there and catch touchdown passes and stuff like that. And I, I think that's the one of the big reasons why I chose Auburn, just because I trusted um, with Malzahn and also like, I didn't know what was really going on over here at Ole Miss and, like, who was going to be the new coach or whatever. Yeah, so that must have been tough then for Malzahn then to leave Auburn. You just dealt with that coaching staff's changing stuff at Ole Miss, and then it happens at Auburn, the place you thought you were going to have security. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind for you, right? Yeah, it has. It definitely has. Just, I know, like, I know my dad always told me don't ever go to a place where, don't ever choose a place because of a coach, because the coach ups and leaves <laughs> every day. You just got to love the place, and um, that's why I came back home. You know, I love love home and the people around me and my in the community. Like, they, if it weren't for them, I, I feel like I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And Ole Miss is in a different place now than it was then back in your recruitment. Did that play a factor, too, considering the success that they've had under Lane Kiffin, especially last year going 10-3 and three and back to the Sugar Bowl? Oh, yeah. That's, that did play a um, big role in it also. Ole Miss was great last year. And, and we um, when we played against them, I know we that's probably the hardest, hardest week we ever prepped them in um, Alabama. So, that was a um, big factor. I just looked at the um, the success Ole Miss had and just being back home and like, I mean, why not come back? Now you're one of a number of really significant transfers Ole Miss has added this offseason. It's not just you. It's Jackson Dart. It's Michael Trigg. It's Aishim Young. It's Zach Evans. On and on yeah. and on. So many good guys, man. Um, what what do you think about the talent? that Lane Kiffin and this program have accumulated just through the portal alone when you're out there at workouts or whatever and you see the guys that are around you, it's a pretty impressive group. What are your thoughts about that group? All I'm going to say is it's getting scary over here. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I mean, like, all the people you name, like, man, and plus the people, the dudes that's already here, like, when we all lock in and have that one goal, like it's gonna it's gonna be scary. What's the expectation? Is it the playoff? I mean, let's be real, because you, you're not gonna say, "All right, hey, let's prepare ourselves to go to the Music City Bowl." Y'all prepare it every day, right, for the playoffs. But I feel like when you yeah. look around at the talent, there's reason for y'all to be believing that. If that makes sense, there's justification to believe that. Hey, this team can really compete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, are, we really go day by day. You know. We don't really just set big goals out in the way, but obviously that's that's the main goal, go to make it to the playoff. But what we want right now is just to win the West, you know, and when you win the West, everything else just falls in place. So that's like our probably top goal right now, just to win the West. What did you learn about yourself as a player at Auburn last year? Uh, as a football player on off the field, what did you learn about yourself in that year away from home? Um, I mean – I learned a lot 
leaving home, like just a way to live, like by yourself and trying to, uh, you know, just meet new people and being in a different environment. And like, I feel like that was good for me getting away and like just knowing who I am, getting to know who I really am away from home and like on the field. I feel like I'm just a I'm just a player that just for everybody, you know, like I would do anything coaches tell me to do like that's one of the reasons why I switched from offense to defense because they just we just needed another D line and I feel like I'm athletic I feel like I'm athletic enough to do it, you know, and it's and I thank God for that. And um and like off the field I learned how to and just different things like that and yeah, it's been great um, just leaving, but I'm glad I'm back. What is Lane Kiffin like as a recruiter of a transfer? Um, like Kiffin, he he um goes out and looks for guys that fit fit what um the players would like to be on the team. Like all not all about yourself. Just come here, be yourself, but be for the team and do everything to like make the program better and don't like do crazy stuff like you know what people are doing all over the all over the country and things like that and he just looks for just like good people and like great work ethic grades and just just simple stuff like that and just what fits the program for you now to be back home, having been around Ole Miss your entire life, and to see where this program is headed, not just with the success on the field, but all the new facilities upgrades that they're actually doing right now, they're working on them right now, to see Ole Miss grow, what has that been like? Because you have a unique experience in that way that you've been around Ole Miss your entire life. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been great. I, I um I know um they showed me like the new facility and stuff how it's gonna look. And I just know for me being here so long and going to camps and stuff, I'm like, dang, that's like way different than what I was like five, six years ago. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. Yeah, it's like way different. But I feel like just little things like that can get more recruits in. And and I felt like it was about time. I mean, Ole Miss, like we're going – we're going like we we expected to do big things and going higher and higher every year. So I feel like like the new athletic facility and even like like the new um, softball and the new thing they're building for the soccer. Like it just I feel like it's great for the community and just for the players. Just just because like uh, Ole Miss been the same for a couple of years was definitely that's what I've seen. For me being here, but I feel like it's gonna be a big thing just for um, the players and our recruiting as well. All right, be real before I let you go here. Did you know before anybody else that Jackson Dart and Michael Tree were coming? I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. What was the response from the team once that happened? Oh man, we were pumped. I know we was at um, we was at workout and. All of a sudden, we got in the locker room and we seen that. We was just like, oh yeah, it's go time now. Like we was just, we we knew what time it was. Once we get them in, like we gonna we gonna get ready to go to work. How's Nick Savage been working under him in strength and conditioning? Oh, I love Coach Savage. Man, he's he's a great guy. He's all he's for all about the players. Brings energy, brings the juice. I love I love Coach Savage. He's J.J. Pegues. I'm excited because J.J. and four other players currently, going to add a few more, have signed on NIL deals with the Ole Miss Spirit. He's sponsored by Chris Pharmacy in Columbus, Mississippi, and the Ole Miss Spirit. He'll be on the Ole Miss Spirit in some capacity every single week. He's back home. Thanks for doing this, man. I'm fired up. Thanks for coming on. We're going to talk again. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you. That was Ole Miss defensive tackle J.J. Pegues. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Going to wrap this up with Otis Reese, Ole Miss safety. But before we jump to him, let's hear from Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge, Sheep Ram of Oxford, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. A new year brings new beginnings, a fresh start. 
the slate has been wiped clean. And what better way to celebrate that than with a new car? Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place you should go, and that's Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from new and used sales to parts and service. Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Allen Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in, and I cannot say enough good things about Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. When you go, ask for Brian or Mason. They'll make sure to get you in the car that you want at a price point you can afford, and make sure to tell them the Talk of Champions sent you to take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. You can contact them today at 662-234-8000-2201 East University Avenue, 662-234-8000. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the old Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc the modern woodman phone line cool we'll talk no big whoop no big whoop where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, and joining me on the Modern Woodman phone line is Otis Reese, Ole Miss football defensive back, and now a partner with the Ole Miss Spirit on an exclusive NIL deal where he'll provide exclusive content to the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com. And he's also sponsored by Millette Beach Condo Rentals. So if you're looking for a beach condo, only use Millette Beach Condo Rentals. Otis, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? How y'all doing? Good, man. Thanks for coming on and doing this. And I'm excited to have you with the Ole Miss Spirit. It's going to be fun. And I think the best place to start for Otis Reese, you're coming back for another year at Ole Miss, your third year at Ole Miss, what went into that decision to skip the NFL draft and to come back? Coming back to Ole Miss was just it was just weighing on my mind and my heart. I feel like I feel like me personally, my purpose hasn't been fulfilled yet here at Oxford and Ole Miss. So I'm just coming back to fulfill my purpose of being here and uh, going going all the way in with my team, 100. percent I'm ready. I'm ready to go in, go in, go to work, go to battle with the old guys. You were actually the first transfer that Lane Kiffin added, signed, as Ole Miss head coach. And he's done plenty of work in the NCAA transfer portal the last couple of classes, and this one is inarguably one of the top two transfer classes in the country. But when you think back to when you made your decision 
How different is it now compared to then, Ole Miss? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I I I kind of can say when I I kind of can say when I first got here, like it was just a different energy, different atmosphere for the guys, like like the the energy, the work ethic, like the way the way guys work, the way guys think and went about their business was it was different when I first got here. And slowly, and slowly, like me me Coach Kiffin, like I mean Coach Kiffin changed the changed the mindset of that man, and guys just. Guys want to be champions. Guys all in. Guys ready to work. Guys work on after practice, before practice, workouts, and everything. Man, he just changed the mindset and changed the program. We hear it all the time with this program now, a pro mindset. What does that mean, coming from Lane Kiffin? What is he talking about when he's talking about the pro mindset, at least from the player's perspective? Pro mindset is being, um, being a pro about anything, by anything and everything on and off the field. Kind of kind of thing when I first got here, coach was, coach was saying the pro mindset, kind of like you don't have to be a professional to start being a pro. Um, you can be a pro in um in middle school, um high school, but being a being a pro just come about like how you handle your business, how you approach things, how you um how you see things, how you approach and and go about your business. So being a so being a pro for us like really start now. You won't, won't have to work, won't have to wait to a professional athlete to be a pro. It, it, it start right now. When you made the decision a couple of years ago, you were transferring out of Georgia. You're going to leave. Why was Ole Miss the spot? Me personally, because um, Cole Partridge was a was a good friend of mine that recruited me throughout Michigan, and I was committed to Michigan for three years. And now my foot in the last minute to go to stay home and go to Georgia. So man, Cole Partridge had that connection and um, and excitement uh, him. And I'm hearing the excitement that he would have, like the defense coordinator, Cody defense coordinator. So I was just excited to come, um, come play with Cole Partridge. Defensively, Ole Miss coming off a very successful year, a bounce back year from the year before. You played a really big role, not only last year, but the year before in that turnaround, making Ole Miss defensively. What we're used to seeing with Ole Miss defense is actually having real resistance. Has that been a mindset change with this team? Have you seen a shift? I mean, definitely. Definitely the mindset change. Um, me just being an alpha being a dog, just like, just kind of like, just kind of like help feed off that. And of course, I got I got other dogs with me now. You you also say you also missing the talent. Now not only them guys have talent, them guys have um that it factor and um all in with the team and that 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 play a major role and it and it rub off on the other guys too. So all that all that in one. Now, y'all have lost a lot defensively, but you also have added some really good pieces like Aishim Young, J.J. Pegues through the portal, some really important high schoolers like Jaron Willis. What do you think about the defense, despite what you've lost? What do you think about the defense right now? I think we're going to be great. I think we're going to be great. I think we're going to be even better, even better this year than last year. Auburn transfer J.J. Pegues, now Ole Miss defensive tackle J.J. Pegues, I should say. He's on this show today, too. And he also has an exclusive NIL deal with the Ole Miss Spirit, just like you do, Otis. And I asked him specifically what the expectations are for this team. And you're going to say, of course you're going to say, the playoffs. Is that realistic? Because I think it is. Yeah, but that kind of, that was, I mean, we really don't look at that. That, that kind of in the past, just because you have success one year, that don't mean you're going to be good the next year. So it just, it's, it's all about it's all about buying, buying in what the coach is saying and, um, Going to work and putting the work in, and the, the results show. So, kind of, we kind of, we kind of don't get too much caught into last year, because every every year is a new year. So you got to you got to come to work, you got to come to get better, and things like that. So, what do you think about all the new coaches, Nick Savage and the strength and conditioning program? What's it been like under him to start? Just what what's it's been an off season to change in a lot of ways for Ole Miss football. What's that been like, and has it been pretty seamless as far as these guys coming in and ingraining themselves into the locker room and stuff? Coach Evan, Coach Evan came in, man. I love the guy already, man. Like, crazy energy, like, enthusiastic. Like, the guy the guy love him, man. Like, even 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 the younger guys, the guys come up to me, they be like, man, Coach Evan, you know, right, man. Like, he really be working us. So, um, that just, that just a compliment from him, how the, um, how the guys in the locker room feel about the type of work that we on, that we put in, and uh, the information that Alexa, the nutrition to get us to put in our bodies. Oh, nine yards. Well, now that you're back for one final year, looking ahead to the NFL, you just went through a little bit of the process, at least considering 
going to the NFL draft, entering the NFL draft. So now that you kind of know what you need to work on, what are those areas for you? Every every element. Um, I try to I try to uh, have my game on a level playing field with um with with everything. Um, so I like the I like the I kind of I kind of know my weaknesses. I kind of know like what things I'm lacking at. But I kind I kind of want to have everything on the land plan for so everything. If you had to pick one young guy on the roster right now that you would say will take that step, that will become a dog, will become a starter, will become an impact player defensively, that didn't really get a lot of opportunity last year, who would you say? Man, we got a, a, a lot of young dogs. Um, I think um, that's tough. You know, the, well, you, you know, I'm kind of secondary, so I think young two corners that that'd be good on. Uh, DeMarco, DeMarco Wilson and um, Bree Love from the cornerback position, and I can go on um, trade. Of course, Tashin already uh, already good kicking better. I I can go on and on, man. But them them two, them four guys kind of just pop up in my head right now. Defensively, what were the takeaways from losing to Baylor in the Sugar Bowl? You had a really good performance, but obviously there are things to learn from. So, what are those things? We ain't finished. We ain't finished. So, Karen. Carrying on to this season, that's the main thing. Finishing because we didn't finish last year, so that means that means we lack in some areas. So that means we got to go hard and uh, find a way to finish in everything we do. So basically, just finishing the job. Is Matt Corral the number one quarterback in the 2022 NFL Draft? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yes, Matt Corral, QB one for the 2022 NFL Draft. You heard it here on Talk of Champions from Ole Miss Safety. Otis Reese, now a partner with the Ole Miss Spirit for exclusive content and sponsored by Millette Beach Condo Rentals. If you're looking for a beach condo for the spring, for the summer, make sure you use Millette Beach Condo Rentals. That's Millette Beach Condo Rentals. He's Otis Reese. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. All right. Yes, sir.